Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. Everyone has a past. I mean, we all came from somewhere, right? But what happens when an encounter with an important someone from your past all of a sudden shakes up your present decades later? Such an encounter sets off the events of Jennifer Fell Hayes' new play, Rosemary and Time, currently running at the Paradise Factory. I spoke with Jennifer and the actor playing Rosemary after a recent performance. Take a listen. So I'd like to start with everyone's name on the mic. Please... Say your name and what you did on this here show. Okay, I'm Jennifer Fell Hayes, and I'm the playwright. Of? Rosemary and Time. I love the title. I'm Kate Grimes, and I have the pleasure of playing Rosemary. And when you tell folks, uh, come to see Rosemary and Time, how do you, how do you sell, it, sell it to them? Like, what is the play? What is the play? How do you describe it? Well, I know the first thing that I always say is that it's based on a true story. Um, which is, I find that always compelling, you know, a reason, and it's about two women. I try not to give too much away no, at the get-go no, because no. That's, sort of, that's sort of the fun of watching it unravel. Um, you know, you throw, I throw in words about, about, um, about women who discover each other and there's, there's secrets from the past and issues of relationships, time, whatnot. Basically, for me, anyway, it's, it's all about the humanity. You know, these are all things and how these women deal with shame and grief and connection and, and the past and guilt. And, you know, the past is such, a, is such a potent part in all of our lives. It's highly, it's very present. And in the way that the play is written and staged, Absolutely. it's incredibly present because we, we come back and forth in time. Yeah. Right. And so she is brought back, Rosemary anyway, is brought back in, into time and it, it, it just shakes her to the core. So I always talk about, you know, with, with friends or whatnot, that it's, it's really, it's, it's steeped in, in humanity. And that's what, I, that's what I love about it. That's why I wanted oh, to be involved. That, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's, that's a lovely comment, Kate. Mm. And um, I think that's what I intended to have in the play. <clears throat> because having met the two women um, on whom Kate's character is based and another character called Hilda, I really was very, very touched by um, what had happened to them and, and promised them I would really try to do the best I could mm. and really try to do a, a truthful play, a play that might say something about the human condition and about you know, love and loss and life, mm, yeah. all those major, major themes that right. we, we try to wrestle with. Well, what's so fascinating though is that, and you say this in your, in your program note, that it's a true event that started it, but that, or is this in the program now, or did you tell me, you said this before said the show. I said right. something yeah. at the beginning. Uh, that well, it's, what it's not heard... actually their story, like you started from their story and then you let and your I, I let playwright my, yes. imagination roll. Yes. Um, talk to me a little bit about that, like what, it, it, I just find, I always love this component of what we do in the theater that we, we tell lies to tell the truth, you know, or we, <laughs> yeah, we so... use fiction, to, I shouldn't say we tell lies, <laughs> yeah. we, we use fiction to tell the truth, and, and I think yeah. that's what you're getting at here, right? Well, yes, and I didn't, I, you know, as I explained to the two ladies when I met them in England, they were very excited when I said, might I try to write a play um, about their lives, but what I, I had to explain is it's not like a documentary, it's not right. like you know, everything that happened mm -hmm. um, bit by bit. To make a play, I had to create characters and characters' lives and the main character having a journey, you know, the arc of the play, so that by the end of the play, she's changed and understands something. Right. And I had to therefore 
fictionalize a certain amount to make that happen. Or so, accentuate and exaggerate certain elements. So and create bring, new elements that were not right, there at all. Right. I mean, the guilt element is not anywhere in the real story. Mm -hmm. that, that was my okay. made up part um, in terms of figuring out. And, and also to figure out where did the play start? You know, cause right. having a, right, right. That's true, you've got a whole life. The revelatory yeah. scene in the nurse's surgery with the nurse and the cleaning lady. You know, is that, I thought that was the first scene to begin with. But um, then I thought, well, what happens after that then? And then, no, and then I thought it was the end scene. And I thought, um, but you know, what leads up to that? And that's not quite as interesting as what happens after that. Because, right. right. Because um, once you have this information, what do you then do with it? And how do these women react to each other once they have found out what they found Absolutely. out? Because that's the interesting part. Absolutely, it is, and that's that's like the humanity. That's mm. the behavior, and that's. That's the, 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 you know, the crack in, you know, like Rosemary had been living this really lovely life with a lovely husband and absolutely normal daughter, you know, living her life and doing well at her job and this, that and the other. And then the whole thing, the whole facade cracks. Yes. You know, yes. with, I'm with, glad you're going there because that was going to be my next like pseudo question, yeah. which is uh, just talking a little bit about artifice. Like the, the, the idea of what we present to the world and what we present as our outward-facing self versus what's actually going on. Well, I think in Rosemary's, you know, God knows this is going to be like a therapy session here, but like <laughs> I think in Rosemary's life, I, I think that it's been tucked away so securely and so well for so long, I don't think she's been trying to keep it tucked away. I think it is just in a chamber deep within, and this rattles her cage at such a profound level that that's opened up. So I think she was... I think she was happy in her life, not fully, of course, because she didn't have, you know, her, she wasn't kind of open and a, as much as she could be. But I think we all do that, right? We all have certain compartments in us that we really just think, and some we're aware of and some we're not even aware of, I yeah. guess is my point. And, you know, we've had things in our lives, I know I, know I have, that, that really do shake you to the core and you realize, oh, oh my God, and, and my behavior around this has been, I've, I've worked, I've worked around this issue so I wouldn't even have to go there. So I didn't have to deal so with it. So I didn't it. have to deal with it. And so the crack, you know, and, and there's a lot of people that experience a lot of pain and you just think about all these, maybe these little cracks that are happening with them and they're just trying to work through the healing that Rosemary then does yes. in this play. Well, I wanted it to be a healing play, mm. a time of, 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 of things coming together for her and her really being able to release all the pain yeah. that has been there, whether she's acknowledged it or understood it yes. or even recognized it at different points in her life. Yes. Yeah. Another, it's, this is maybe more of a subplot of the piece, but uh, something that I'm always fascinated by, especially in plays that are set in the UK, um, is this idea of class that seems to be very, very, very present. Uh, we have it here in the States, we just kind of ignore it and generally don't deal with it. Um, whereas it, it almost like, it's a little bit more on the surface. Uh, and they love to juxtapose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Can yeah. you talk a little bit about I, how you use that in the play? Uh, well, I mean, I do think people are more aware of it, in a, or it's in a different way. It's a very in, different in, way. In the UK, you know, as soon as someone opens their mouth, it's like out of My Fair Lady or something, right. you know, but uh, that, the song. But it, it is true. I mean, I hear certain people and I can then sort of place them a little bit socially. Not that I care about that, but it just is something that you know, you yes. know, and you figure, oh, yeah, they're there, you know. And, um, and I just think it, it, there is this awareness that is not 
the same here. And here it's, it's more of a thing to do with money mm. rather than a sort of life status. I mean, you can have people in England who might be very poor, but they're... Um, they're from very to good. The manor born. They're yeah. from very good families, and they they might be aristocratic even, and very shabby and down at heel, but they're still regarded as up in mm. the in the social echelon there. And so, you use that in your play. I find that very interesting in terms of the reveal that we get. Um, you've got two characters who are on something of a social divide. Yes, and in, in real life there isn't such a disparity between them, but I thought it was more interesting to explore that because Absolutely. you get more drama that way, and then how does it affect the families, you mm-hmm. know? And I well, and then you do it so interestingly with Mary Kate, who's now been given all these opportunities. You know, Les runs his own business, yes. and they, you know, and I have a job, and we're doing very nicely, and so we're able to educate her. You have the fancy schools, and all of a sudden she kind of is turning her nose up at this concept of is the cleaner. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sorry. Maybe I'll spoiler, maybe I'll spoiler. beep maybe I'll beep the uh, the word there that you used. Oh, there you just go. To, there you go. Just um, <laughs> throw that in. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's no, hard, it's okay. It's hard not to yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I actually, I, I young... knew coming in what it was from the press release actually, mm-hmm. oh, and okay. I it would knowing it did not bother me. So right, right, right. if you piece it together, listener, don't worry. You you don't know. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know what uh, yeah. you think you yeah, know. Exactly. Yeah. It's you know it's it's a. It's a very early reveal, and, mm-hmm. and I think the play, like yeah. you said, is so much more the of the drama is, is, is after exactly that. Yeah. after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you get to work on the piece with these actors, or is this like you come in with the script and kind of throw it down? Well, I've, I mean, I've been developing the script over several years now. It's gone through several readings at the workshop theater. It had a three-day reading a couple of years ago, and I'd, each time I've been rewriting and revising, and... Even now, during our rehearsal process, mm-hmm. I mean, I have been working, tweaking, cutting, adding a little bit. You know, it's just, it's a constant process of trying to make it the best I can. I mean, even now I can see bits, I think, oh, I should just cut a bit more. <laughs> 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 um, but, um, you, you know, I think it is, it is that constant process. You, you, uh, always trying to do your best with it. And this this is maybe one of those silly questions that you would get in a talk back at the end of every terrible community theater production ever. But uh, accents, so big in this show and so important to the place uh, and not your standard accent. Um, how much work did you do with the cast? Because uh, this is your, your home accent, right? Yes, I did very little work. They did all their own work very brilliantly. I offered to do some help, but... Um, fortunately, you know, fortunately mine is sort of standard, because I was kind of educated at the nice school, right, right, so okay. I got away with murder on that one. But uh, the Yorkshire one, I mean, I can, you know, I can speak for some of my, uh, one of my colleagues. You know, it's a tough one, and he's great at accents. He's great at them. And it's just a very specific one that we don't hear a lot. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? So even if you're, if you're good at accents and you have an ear for it. So he's picked it up really well yeah. um, and really quickly. And the girls, I must say, in the script, it's quite phonetic. So oh, for the little yeah. girls, they were able to kind of follow along. And they've, they've done great. And yeah, then, they, and they were killing it. That was really fun. They're killing it. And yeah. then Zoe is... Zoe's, Zoe's English, English, but she's she can, not Yorkshire. But, but she, she can do everything. She can do everything. She does it spot on. She's incredible. Yes. Yeah, I just and find it interesting when it's such a specific accent. It's not like we're doing Agatha Christie and we can all just <laughs> throw in a little bit of a, a little <laughs> bit of our English accent. And, like, it's, you know, it's there. It's, it was yeah. not... It's not just that. Like, no, you can't and do Virginia that. did an excellent job, too. My friend Duncan who told me the original oh, story, God, who was here, um, he complimented her on her accent. You know, he's from Yorkshire. That's and, high uh, praise. And he was uh, yeah. very impressed with that. So. 
And it's fun to have all the little colloquialisms in there, and you know, to be able to run with all the phrases. And yeah, there were there were a few, well, were a few have, turns of phrases there. Specific really. phrases and things that I was I like, that's got to be a local Some thing. Some of my father's Yorkshire jokes. My brother was here tonight, <laughs> it's and great. I was oh, kind lovely. of nudging him, you know, when it makes rabbits spit in bulldogs' faces. <laughs> or something my father would say, and the two jokes were my father's, you know, in that scene. Lovely. So it's just a little bit of him in there, which is right. nice. That's also that's really fun that you get to include that. Absolutely, yeah. isn't it? I love that. I just wanted to say, um, too, in terms of the development of the play, that Kathy, the director who couldn't be here, Kathy McGowan, um, she and I work really well together, and she's brilliant at making suggestions and saying, Jen, this bit's going too long, or, you know, and so I would, I would want to throw her into that answer there, make sure she gets credit for that, and mm. for the brilliant job she does with the production. As a director, I appreciate that you are giving your director props. <laughs> uh, so the oh, show... No, she's had great vision about the whole thing. Excellent. You know, because they're interesting bits, the flashback. There's both ghost scenes as well as flashbacks, and right. handled differently, and time frames, and all this, you know. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going With on. With lighting from the, the brilliant Kia Rogers to oh, help guide you. Um, she's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I like to shout her out whenever I can. Um, the show is Rosemary in Time. We are at the Paradise Factory on East 4th Street. Y'all run through when? February 17. And tickets and more information can be found at? Rosemaryandtimetheplay.com. And that's not the Simon and Garfunkel way, people. It's time, <laughs> yeah. like T-I-M-E. Yeah. And we are sold out for tomorrow, Saturday, and oh. Sunday. But we have tickets Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and getting, get, and and Saturday, but not not many left for Saturday. Okay. Excellent. So this will be up by Monday or Tuesday. So good. Good thing it won't be up Perfect. before it. Nobody can get tickets. Uh, <laughs> so uh, thank you both very much for doing this and uh, lovely work. Thank you very Cheers. much. Thanks, Amelia. Thank you, Jennifer and Kate, for hanging out after the show to chat. You can catch Rosemary and Time at the Paradise Factory Theater's main stage, 64 East 4th Street in Manhattan, through February 17, 2018. Head to rosemaryandtimetheplay.com, and that's time as in minutes, hours, and years, not the spice, for a link to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. Until next time, go see a show. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much.